Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs and Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, News 4 San Antonio and Fox 39 San Antonio.com. As we all await um, the resumption of the NBA season, don't know if that's going to happen, although reports are saying it's uh, very unlikely at this point. Um, there hasn't really been any uh, big news. Oh, maybe there was something big. His name is Tim Duncan. And he got he pretty much elected into the NBA, oh, sorry, the Basketball Hall of Fame. That has been the biggest news since we last spoke and decided to give TD his credit. We're going to be talking about Tim Duncan, his election to the Basketball Hall of Fame, his classmates, and then also on the show, something that Shaquille O'Neal, another NBA, I'm sorry, Basketball Hall of Famer, uh, had to say about Tim Duncan, uh, Chris Weber cannot wait to hear what he had to say. So let's go ahead and dive right into this. I'm joined by Ty Yeager. He is a contributor at the Spurs Zone and co-host of At The Line Podcast. Ty, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. I hope you're doing well. hope you're staying locked in and that you're you know, trying to pass the time so we all can go back to work. I'm going very stir-crazy right now. I'm going to admit I'm very stir-crazy and I still don't know what the hell to do with my time. <laughs> well, you, well, you know what? I, 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 I need little, basketball. Yeah, I know. I, I'm a little rusty right now myself, um, you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen with the NBA, trying to figure out if the Spurs are even have a season. I'm hearing from people that, you know, working close with the Spurs that, you know, it's looking like it's probably not going to happen. So it looks like it might be a very unexpected long off season. So Ty, I hope you have enough strength to wait until next season. I don't, I don't know. As long as we get some entertainment during the summer with the offseason, I'll be happy. Well, there was some recent entertainment, by the way, uh, that being Tim Duncan. Look, it's his time um, to shine. After 19 years in the NBA with the San Antonio Spurs, accumulating a resume that any NBA player would just be jealous to have. Five-time NBA champion, multiple all-star, multiple all-first NBA team, second team, you know, league MVP, finals MVP, the list goes on and on. We pretty much would still be here talking about Tim Duncan. The show would go like an hour long just to list his accolades, but he finally got inducted, or at least elected. His induction will come later, but he got elected to the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame, joining the likes of Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Rudy Tomjanovich, Tamika Catchings, and the list goes on and on. Eddie Sutton is on that list as well. Um, it goes without saying, Ty, obviously he was going to make the hall, wasn't he? I think after maybe the first two championships, I think it was a given that this man was going to be at least Hall of Fame eligible. Then once he retired, it was, it was already known. People were saying before he even retired that this is a future Hall of Famer. So, and mm-hmm. now it's now it's enshrined. Tim Duncan is a Hall of Famer, and it's well-deserved over the career that he's had and the multiple, multiple accolades that only come probably in a very few players that we see go throughout the league. Yeah, there will never be another Tim Duncan. Uh, no matter what you say, no matter what you think, uh, there will never be a guy like him. Not only was the resume like phenomenal, uh, off the court, you know, the ultimate pro, the greatest uh, team leader the Spurs has had in history, um, you know, locker room presence. And there's a reason why they brought – he came out a retirement to help with the Spurs as far as an assistant coach currently to help infuse that winning mentality, that winning championship feel to this very young team that desperately needs it. But Ty, when he got elected and the announcement became official, he spoke on ESPN. And one thing that I took away from his comments was more about 
his teammates. He kept on saying, you know, I have great teammates. He listed uh, Sean Elliott, David Robinson, Vin Del Negro, um, Avery Johnson. Uh, he didn't say Popovich, but he did say coach. And he also applauded teammates. And he said all of them, you know, all the number of teammates that he's had uh, throughout his career. You gotta, you gotta tip your hat to him that he's thinking again about the collective more about himself. It's that's. I think that was a given with Tim Duncan. He's probably one of the most humble, teammate, team first type players, and that was what he was known for. And to continue that into his, even in his, his makeshift, the makeshift speech because he wasn't able to have an official speech, but mm-hmm. to just to mention his teammates first, his team first before anything. That just mm-hmm. shows how humble humble he is, and that it's never been about him. Even yeah. even at life after NBA, it's not about him. He knows that it's about the team, and he knows. I think he knows that he probably wouldn't be here where he was if it wasn't for wasn't without the people that he's had around him, and that he's been that he said that he is grateful to have around him in his career and in his life in general. Yeah, and it goes even further than that because. Even after he was done with his uh, chat, and we'll continue talking about his chat with uh, ESPN, um, he then spoke to the, um, I guess, the local San Antonio media indirectly uh, because of the situation in the globe right now in San Antonio and everybody battling the uh, coronavirus. The media could not talk with him as they normally would have uh, following such uh, an honor. So what the uh, Spurs did, they just pretty much sent everybody a video of him um, chatting more about uh, the honor he received. And again, Ty, you, you know, he said what he took away from this whole honor that he's just received was that he's a part of basketball history. And he reflected on the first time he saw a ceremony is when Robinson got inducted. And then he says, you know what? I see the big picture that I am part of history. Again, looking at the big picture rather than the self, Ty. Again, he's probably one of the most humbled guys that you can probably meet, especially a guy that has the fame, the notoriety that he has, the accolades that he has could easily make it for a guy that could be could be very self-centered, that could be a guy that could be high and mighty above everyone else. That just isn't Tim. Tim is, right. from everything that we've seen as fans, I think, and for as you as reporters and all media, all that, it's, mm-hmm. he, Tim Duncan is very much a selfless guy instead of selfish. Yeah, and another takeaway for me, uh, I, as far as his thoughts on um, becoming a member, or he is a member now, you know, it's just all about a formality of the Basketball Hall of Fame, is that he mentioned the championship. He did say, you know, hey, you know, we won a lot, you know, but he walked away uh, in his career admitting in the chat that he had with the media indirectly um, that it was the losses. He said he he loves the losses, the times when the team was down, how they regrouped, how they got off their butt and uh, got back on that winning trek that he said that every team that he was a part of had one goal in mind, was to win. And I, I, I enjoyed that because, sure, you know, the highs are the high. They're great, you know, five-time NBA champion, way to go. But Nothing could have summed up his determination and the team's determination and losing the way they did in 2013 in the finals of the Heat and then coming back in 2014 uh, for his uh, final championship before he called it a career. Uh, time, you know, he's highlighted losses. And again, it goes back to being humble. I don't, I don't know what else to say because I think if other players would be hiding away from losses, that those would be the lowest of their careers and they don't want to be there. But I think we can all say that 
the 2014 Spurs would not happen without the 2013 loss. Right. And yeah. I, I think Tim Tim is very aware of that and is, I think, very grateful, even though it was a loss and it hurt as hell for, I think, everyone around the around the franchise, whether it be fans and the players. It was sure it was one damn hell of a team and a hell hell of a ride when it came to 2014. And honestly, when we look at all our lives and anything, the greatest moments that we have don't come without the lowest moments. That people will climb out of their climb out from the bottom to get to the top to where to the peak in their life and not all that good old mm-hmm. good old jazz of confidence building. But honestly, talk about talk about the losses and how that builds someone again it's just it's it's classic textbook tim duncan's it is yeah it really is and he is set to be inducted this coming august um, it's still kind of an unknown um the naismith uh hall of famer saying that it's still you know all sales ahead you know they're gonna have the ceremony but it depends you know if the virus is still you know being the virus and shutting things down left and right then there's chances are that his ceremony could be tweaked a bit. You know, he could do video conferencing. They could just allow them to go physically and have nobody there. Uh, a la what you've seen at the WWE and UFC, you know, just the cer- you know, the games and the matches for the UFC, but no fans. It could be something similar. So, uh, you know, I hope he'll get that honor. I hope he gets to physically be at the, um, the building in, in Massachusetts to, you know, see his name and uh, enter the hall. But considering the situation right now, nobody should be surprised if that doesn't happen or that gets simply pushed back. At the end of the day, I think Tim Duncan could care less. I really do. I think, you know, he, he enjoys the moment. But, you know, he's always, again, a bigger picture rather than himself. But then, you know, because of the uh, announcement that he and his class got uh, the uh, the nod, Ty, became the debate. You know, is this the greatest Hall of Fame class that the NBA or basketball world has ever seen. Do you agree, Ty? I think it's certainly one of the top five, no matter what. It, these are guys that all won championships between Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, and look at that Ru- Rudy T, who won two championships with the Rockets. Yeah. There's just this is this is a legendary class, and we are every class that goes into a Hall of Fame is going to be a legendary class. It's a Hall. These are Hall of Famers, but yeah. this one is. Something special. And it's a just a era of these are the top three players of their era. Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. and Kevin Garnett were top top of their class when it came to the two thousands. And I think there's no question about that. Yeah, and there's no doubt about it that uh, when you look back at these three uh, guys and their career and what they did for the NBA, they propelled it into a different level. You know, Tim Duncan, you know, wasn't flashy on the court. You know, he didn't, you, you know, put up. You know, some crazy, you know, display of uh, hot, hot boating and showboating on the court and anything like that. He got the job done very, you know, methodically. And a lot of players today point to Tim Duncan as uh, a model that they look to and how to get the job done on the court. And that's, they admit it left and right, you know, like, hey, I he watched him grow up. I learned a lot from him, you know, in an era of flash. In the what the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, you had Kobe Bryant, you know, with the dunks and Shaq with the monster dunks, and um, Jason Williams going up and down the court for the Kings and doing all these uh, crazy passes. Tim Duncan just simply got the job done. There's a reason why he was a big fundamental. And then there was Kobe Bryant. You know, no need to go on what he did for the NBA and his career with the Lakers. You know, again, worthy of Hall of Fame. And uh, you, you know, of course. 
you know, that comes to the debate. You know, you got Kevin, uh, Kevin Garnett on there. Um, you know, the two power forwards, two of the best power forwards in the uh, NBA during their time. But Ty, there's still some think that Garnett is the was the better forward over Duncan. I, I just baffles me why they even think that. I will say, looking Kevin Garnett's numbers, he had a great overall, a great great career. I don't think anyone will say that Kevin Garnett was not great player because he was. He's in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. for a reason. Had averaged a double double throughout his career, and had 191 win shares. That's still dominant. But when you look at Timmy, he has 206, and he has four more championships, has more MVPs than him. It's just overall, overall, Tim Duncan had the better career. Was Kevin Garnett still dominant? Hell yes. But compared to Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan had the much better career, the much longer career, although Kevin Garnett actually played more games than him, surprisingly, which surprised me. But overall, Tim Duncan had the much more longer and better career when it comes to accolades and stats. And I think head-to-head, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Ty, but Duncan had a better winning percentage against uh, the Lakers and Kobe and then – Garnett with the Wolves and the Celtics. I believe so. Come back to me on that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I did retweet Yeah. I, yeah, I think he did. I, I, I'm pretty sure he had a good, uh, well, above 500 winning percentage against uh, any yep. Kobe team and uh, KG team, right? Co- compared to Kevin Gar- against Garnett and Kobe, he, against Garnett, he was 33 and 19. Against Kobe, he was 43 and 39. And then even against LeBron, he was 21 and 15. So when you look at some of the best players among in his era, he, Tim Duggan was had the best records against all of them. Big question here, Ty. Do you think Tim Duncan was underappreciated? Damn yes, damn right he was underappreciated. I think everyone, <laughs> any, anyone, anyone that was outside of San Antonio or outside of being a Spurs fan underappreciated this man. There were multiple things that were, especially look at his 2003 season where he was MVP and then had a just a dominant run when it came to the playoffs where. This man was unstoppable. He was part of a team that had, yes, he had, yes, it was a, on paper, it looks like this was a great team where you had Manu and you had Tony. But people forget that Manu was his rookie, was in his rookie season, and Tony was only 20 years old. And Tim Dun- and also Dave, and Dave Robinson was at the tail end of his career. This was his final season. And Tim Duncan just had a dominant season a dominant playoff run, and then everyone knows he had a quad. He had a quad double. We all know that. There's two blocks. Yeah, he did. The NBA needs to, needs to go into the record book, change the eight blocks to ten blocks because damn right he deserved it with that playoff run. Yeah, he he was robbed two blocks uh, during that um, game six, I believe, in 2003 against the Nets. Um, he was unstoppable in that series. Uh, he, you go back and look at the tape. He's clearly, you know, getting that quad dub. He, he robbed him of two blocks. I think they gave a credit. They credited one to Robinson, and I think I correct from a wrong tie to Malik Rose. I think that's how it went. When you look at the video, it's clearly Duncan getting the blocks. So, but oh well, you know. But, again, you know, but, hopefully, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, looking just the playoff, the 2003 playoff run alone, he averaged 24 points, 15.4 re- rebounds, five assists. Th- over three blocks and less than and about three personal fouls. That on a fifty-two percent shooting. That's a f- incredible. How can you not say that this is one probably one of the greatest playoff runs we've seen from an individual? And, and here's the thing: as many uh, people point to him and say, "Oh, you know, he was uh, 
unemotional on the court. No, Tim Duncan, if you followed his career like I did and I did, he was very emotional on the court and he was very energetic. And, you know, he was throwing up, you know, his fist pumps and he was barking and he was yelling and he was celebrating on that court. He was not boring like many people thought he was, uh, Ty. My favorite moment, probably one of my favorite moments from Tim Duncan is the is the three pointer against against Phoenix, where once he makes that, he is he is full of energy and he is full of life. And it, Tim Duncan has energy. Yeah, he had a cold stone demeanor going up against the players because that's how that's what made him legendary. Where Kevin Garnett said that he was probably the worst player he had to trash talk because he would not react, and then and then Tim would have his small little tendencies that would get into Kevin Garnett's head, but he was full of it. He had energy, especially early in his career. He was full of energy. Yeah, he might have a stone cold demeanor, but that was all intentional. That was part of his game to where he was not going to let anyone get in his head. And then once he was on fire, he was, he was very emotional about it. And you look at the class too, especially with uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, a lot of Spurs fans know Kobe very, very well because of the run-ins that Tim Duncan and Robinson's uh, led Spurs team. Uh, had to go against against Kobe and Shaq and the, those Lakers teams. So again, you know those two names are going to be linked together. These two teams, Spurs, Duncan, Kobe, Lakers, would always were vying for the best in the West. These were the two teams that would go head to head in the West Conference Finals or the semifinals. And you, more than likely, it would be the Spurs, the Lakers that would be representing the West in the finals. So again, another touch uh, to it. It's unfortunate he passed away. But nevertheless, it's good to see these two guys uh, going into the hall together. When you you mentioned the shot against uh, Phoenix as uh, one of the better uh, moments in uh, your memory, as far as Tim Duncan, is there another moment you look back and say, "My goodness, he was this damn good"? Because I unfortunately I came in I came into basketball, or at least become, being the big fan that I am now, I came into it late into his career. That. 13 and 14 were kind of the season that really got me into basketball. Yeah, was I a fan of the team in the 2000s when I was growing up? Yeah, but I wasn't as a big devoted fan as I was, as I am now. So a lot of the yeah. moments I still remember are later into his career, still being dominant, still, I think the all-star game with, uh, his last all-star game with him and mm-hmm. him and Dirk, some of his reactions whenever Dirk made it, made it alley-oop, I think that was one, just one of my, one of my moment, favorite moments when it comes to seeing Timmy happy and reacting, but just seeing, seeing Tim, the teammate, the the old leader, that's what that's the Tim Duncan I remember, and that's still a damn good Tim Duncan, especially being late into his career, late in, late into late into his thirties and into his forties, mm-hmm. still being the player that he was and the leader. That's what I still remember. You know, even in this final season. He was still putting up double-figure scoring. It may not have been 20 points, but I think it was hovering around 15, 16 points per game, a little under – at 10 or a little under 10 rebounds per game. It was still effective. I still contend he could have played one more season, Ty. Yes, his last his last season is the only season that he he recorded less than 10 points per game. It was 8.6, 7.3 rebounds, but he was also only playing 25 minutes, where usually through the rest of his career he was playing 30-plus minutes. But mm-hmm. even – in like you said, even even late into his career, into 2013, the 2013-14 season, 14-15 season, 15, 13 points, nearly not, nine, nearly 10 rebounds each each one, then three assists. Then also add on two. Yeah. He averaged two blocks per game in in his second last season. That's still damn amazing for Incredible. being a guy who was 38, 
38 and a bad yeah. knee. Yeah, it's just incredible what TD did uh, with the Spurs. And again, you know, you cannot gloss over the fact he did it with one team. Yeah, there was a moment where he was close to leaving Spurs and heading out to Orlando. But uh, luckily for San Antonio and the Spurs history books, that never happened. Uh, again, five-time uh, NBA championship champions, um, you know, drafted in 97, coming off that um, horrible season uh, for the Spurs where everybody was seemingly getting hurt. And he, he saved the franchise. And, you know, once he left, you know, that's it. You know, the Spurs simply are lacking a franchise guy. And hopefully as the future rolls on, you know, the, the Spurs look at a free agency or maybe the draft, they'll get another franchise guy. But he is the final one that the Spurs had. And now they're entering this kind of a law period for the for the uh, history books as far as the Spurs are concerned. Uh, we just don't know how they're going to rebound from losing him and uh, moving forward. It, it's going to be a long road to hold. I, I just hope that um, – uh, you know, if they do have a ceremony, uh, and I hope they do, you know, where people get to physically be at the uh, the uh, facility out in Massachusetts, that Popovich is there at a site to, you know, to be the sponsor to help them get ducked. I don't know how that works, type, but I think a player can pick people to be up there with him uh, when they uh, induct him into the Hall of Fame. So I'm hoping to see Robinson and Popovich there at his side. I think there will be no doubt that at least Pop will be there, no matter what. I think that yeah. is no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think Pop will be there and um, be there with him and uh, ushering him into that Hall of Fame where Pop Mitch has got to be close by. You know, he has to be, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised he's not even inducted now. You know, they 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 allow coaches to go into the Hall even before their playing careers are over. Is that correct, Ty? I think so, but it was also Pop – Pop, I remember a comment that he said where he wasn't going to go into the Hall of Fame until Rudy T got into the Hall of Fame, just based on – it may have been a joke, but I think also he has the choice if he wants to enter, enter into the ballot or not. Well, well, Rudy T's in, Pop, so it's your turn to get into there and join uh, Tim Duncan, the guy that Popovich always says um, – you know, was the real reason why the Spurs won the titles wasn't him. And, you know, maybe he's right. But it, it's not just all uh, roses and uh, rainbows and unicorns flying everywhere. There, there, there are some people out there that still think that Tim Duncan may have not been the better power forward. So when we get back, uh, we're going to talk about which guy out there is thinking that, hey, you know, it's not TD, it's some other power forward. We'll be right back. And we're back, and I'm joined by Ty Yeager. He's a contributor at the Spurs Zone, and he also co-hosts the At The Line podcast. Uh, Ty, how's it going over there at At The Line? Well, we really haven't done much. It's there, there really isn't much to talk about. We're hoping to record something when it comes to pop culture because Tiger King has been something that I can't stop talking about. <laughs> yeah. There, it, there, even, even in a quarantine, Tiger King came out at the perfect time. We'll be talking about Tiger King later on this show because uh, Ty's a little upset with me right now, but uh, we'll discuss that I in a bit. <laughs> but look, uh, Tim Duncan, arguably the best power forward ever, ever to lace up uh, a pair of sneakers and uh, put it on the court there. And I think 99.9% of people out there would agree. Uh, but uh, there is the 1%, that little less than 1%. And uh, his name is Shaquille O'Neal. He was a guest on uh, NBA TV's uh, it was a, a start bench cut series, and where 
teams are assembled, and but you got to pick from a you know you know a few guys, and who you're gonna start, you're gonna bench, you're gonna cut. So the names were given to Shaq, Iverson, Duncan, and Weber. Would he bench and who would he cut? His first cut, Tim Duncan over Chris Weber. Why? Because he pointed to the fact that Tim Duncan had more help in San Antonio than Weber did. That if you were to take Tim Duncan and put him on any other team, would he? And he questioned that. He said, "Would Tim Duncan be the Tim Duncan now?" And then he went on to say, and "Now, if you put C. Webb on the Spurs squad with a team that Duncan had, that the Spurs will still contend and win titles." Um, I don't know where to begin with this. Uh, I mean, it, it just just need maybe to refresh your course on what TD. Did. Just even if it was, even if Tim had help again, look at the '03 season where he he really carried that team. He carried a old a old admiral. A young Manu who was a rookie, and then a young Tony who was only 20 years old. Chris Webber, what did he do? He's a five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year in '94. That's about it. I he was a total rebound champion champion one year, but he jumped around. He didn't play a thousand, played only 831 games in his career. Just the win the win shares. Like the, Timmy has over 200 win shares. Chris Webber has 84. That should be <laughs> plenty enough evidence of the difference between those two. Even if it was to me, had a good team or not, the win shares that's still that's still a very important stat. Defensive win shares for especially for Timmy or something different. Yeah, Chris Webber had a much more scoring compared to Timmy when it comes because he averaged nearly 20 points over his career. But again, he did not have the longevity that Timmy had. He did not have the total success. That Timmy had. If Chris Weber was so good, he then one of his teams should have been a champion. If but Timmy mm-hmm. is so good that his team went to five different championships in three different decades of his own career. Yeah, the again, if Chris Weber was so good, he should have been able to carry his team to maybe at least one final. He should have been able to do more than he did with again regarding his accolades. He has no MVPs. Yeah, he was a five-time All-Star NBA, but that's about it. He kept jumping around to eight different teams. If he was so good compared to Tim Duncan, then where's his accolades? Where are the, his championships? Where's his finals appearances? Because we have, we don't see any of that. And with Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan carried a team in 2003 and was, and was continuously good throughout his career from start to end. Chris Weber, not so much. Yeah, and look, um, let's flip it. Okay, fine. You put uh, C-Web on the Spurs, or take this argument that Shaq brought up, put TD on any other team, I think TD will still lead that team to the promised land. I, I still believe that. He was that good. And I think if you put C-Web with the Spurs, with that kind of team, I think they probably would win a, a chip, maybe two. I don't think they win five, though, Tim. I'm out of time. I think, I think he would at least win one championship if he was on our team. I think especially if he went to that Magic team in 2000, I didn't think that Magic team could have easily won a championship with the way that, mm-hmm. but with with the way that team was constructed. But putting Timmy at the helm, that's that's what was going to put push that Orlando team over the edge to give them a the top top chance of winning a championship. That's why the Spurs won five championships in his career, won three in the 2000s, and were and bested some of the best teams that we have seen in at least in that era were. They went head to head against that Laker team and still 
back to them <laughs> at multiple times, especially again. I have to keep going back to this O three one because O three was probably the best individual performance Tim Duncan has had in his career, and he and he bested Shaq. He bested Kobe. He there's a reason that they won a championship in O three, and that's because they beat that Lakers team that was on that was trying to get a four peat at that point. So. Chris Weber, what did you do? You didn't even make a final. So, again, Tim Duncan, <laughs> put on any team. I think put on any team, as long as it's a team that's not the Knicks, because the Knicks, we all know how the Knicks roll, but if you right. put Timmy on another team that knows what they're doing, I think Tim Duncan can easily carry them. Hell, I think that he could even carry a Knicks, a Knicks team, a current, a current Knicks team, to a decent record, maybe a playoff, playoff appearance. So uh, let's not go there, Shaq. But uh, when we get back, Ty and I are going to continue our chat about the Spurs and a little bit about quarantine life. We're back, and I'm joined by Ty Yeager. He is a contributor at the Spurs Zone over there with me. And he recently uh, wrote an article about Popovich and Don Nelson. Yeah, Don Nelson, uh, Popovich's mentor and how Nelson's hoping that Pop sticks around enough to break a record in the NBA. Go check out what Ty had to say about that. And again, it's at the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox 29 SanAntonio.com. Now, with no Spurs action, uh, there's a little drips and drabs and some fun news, uh, but everybody's pretty much living the, the quarantine life. And as Ty mentioned earlier, he's you know he's loving this Netflix show called uh, Tiger. What is it called? Tiger what again? Tiger King, Tiger King, it's the Netflix docuseries, and it is just effing insane. There is, n- just, for anyone that hasn't seen it, go watch it. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but no one is likable. I'm just going to say that, and it's somehow no one is likable. Yet you will still want to binge this this series in maybe one sitting. But this series is effing insane, and I don't know how the hell you have not watched it, Jeff. I have not watched it. Uh... I finished Ozark 3, started uh, Hunters on Amazon Prime, but I have not seen Tiger King, not, not even a second. So explain to me what am I missing? You mentioned you mentioned right now that the, everybody's unlikable. Um, is it about tigers? Is that what it's about? So it's so essentially, I can't ex- explain every I can't explain everything because this series is just insane. But it, it's basically about the personalities of the private big cat industry or big or private zoo industry where there's a crazy, crazy guy from Oklahoma, some really cold hearted woman out of Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and then some, maybe some low key cult leader in South Carolina. And they all have these private zoos with big cats, tigers, lions, and all that jazz. And these people are the most crazy backstabbing, crazy MFers that you could ever watch. And that was a, I think almost a quote description from someone in the show. But if you want crazy, go watch that. And also it feels a good, a good eight hours of your time uh, during quarantine. Plus imagine everyone else is talking about it. So it will, it will definitely take a good amount of time of your life in quarantine if you watch it. Uh, you, well, okay, now I want to flip it on you now. Have you watched Ozarks at all? I've never watched Ozarks. That's on my list. Eventually, I'm going to watch. I know my parents have seen Ozarks, and they've said good things about it. I know they're currently on Narcos, mm. and but I just started Community, a show a show that I've been wanting to watch, but it finally dropped on Netflix, and I said, and I'm now telling myself, 
why have I missed out on the show Community? Because Community <laughs> is a great show. Hey, you know what? You and I, we have another common interest, and that's uh, the Clone Wars. And I got to be honest with you, I'm kind of disappointed with the, the latest season, the final season seven. It hasn't lived up to Clone Wars in the past. Just wait. I I think the final arc is going to be good. I, I kind of just went in this current arc. Bad Batch yeah. is a good arc, but this current arc is kind of mad. Although I did like the last episode based on character development, but it's all for the... It's all for the final arc. The final arc of the show. That's going to be the, I think that's going to be the brutal seller of this of this last season. I hope so because, you know, the Bad Batch arc was good. I think it could have been a lot better, but it was okay, fine, whatever. It was good. And then that, I get why they're transitioning to Ahsoka because now it's her time to the spotlight. But my goodness, it just feels like they're just dragging it out with pointless stories. And I don't. For those of y'all who've not seen Clone Wars, so I'm not trying to spoil anything, but. There's basically just them arguing a lot about what to do with the shipment. And I'm like, ugh, you know, who do I care? Let's just get to it, Ty. Yeah. Again, this I think this arc is more based off character character development than anything else. It's a little bit of world building too, which I can appreciate, but I'm a bit disappointed in this current arc, but again, it's all building for that final arc. Final yeah, arc you know what, man? Be, be the seller. I hope so. And you know, you know the reason why I'm a little disappointed too, because you're coming off that bad batch arc where uh, you you started to see Anakin really push the envelope. Now you're really like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. We know why he's, you know, he has that thing in him to become Lord Vader, and you're seeing it. And then all of a sudden, got, that got cut short. And we got like one great scene with that, and then the action in Bad Batch was good, and then you go to Ahsoka, and then it's just a lot of talkie talkie you know like oh come on let's go somewhere with this that's what i feel like doing but on the other note the, the season two of harley quinn on dc universe uh, started this last week so i'm happy about that that's a phenomenal show yeah. you've never seen uh yeah i don't have any of the dc stuff again i can only limit myself to so many streaming franchises streaming services <laughs> streaming wars are too much yeah, it's a little overwhelming. And now with everybody in quarantine life, you have HBO Max and Prime and this streaming channel offering X amount for free, you know, and you're like, oh, what to pick, what to pick. But let's go ahead and put this show back on this track and talk a little bit about the Spurs. Now, so a little news and notes here, Ty, before I wrap up with you. Did you happen to see Mono Ginobili doing a TikTok dance? I mean, uh, I think everybody's going stir crazy now, locked in their homes, Ty. Yes, I agree. I think I think everyone's still crazy. We are all trying to find find out what we need to do, and that includes major NBA stars, including Mario Ginobili. I, we 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 are we are going to do anything that we can to entertain ourselves. And you know what? I think Mario knows that, and he says, "I'm going to do TikTok just for the fans on this one." <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, his wife. If uh, you follow his wife on social media, she's documenting uh, life with Manu. Uh, stuck indoors and it's pretty hilarious like she revealed that he doesn't get her jokes she revealed that he didn't model doesn't see the point of cleaning ceiling fans and now you have tiktok dancing model ginobili so again another good thing to enjoy while you're in quarantine life oh by the way he's still pushing for everybody to be safe and you know don't spread that virus around uh also a little news and notes here um speaking of quarantine life rudy gay um openly admitted that he's having a very difficult time keeping his two sons entertained uh, in the walls. And when he finally gets them out in the backyard, they discover a turtle and they name him Squirtle from the Pokemon series. 
And he says, not even that could settle his kids down. So again, some life in quarantine for San Antonio Spurs. But again, there is uh, no news on the Spurs. Go ahead. I was going to say, the person that's really enjoying quarantine life, that's be Patty Mills. That man can play guitar. You know what? You know, I'm glad you brought him up. He had a jam session with Stephen Adams. Did you happen to see that? Again, Stephen Adams is probably the one guy that wants to be a Spur the most, and I think Spurs fans <laughs> do want him. But imagine having having Patty Mills and Stephen Adams together. God, that's just, that's just a that's just a whole lot of culture right there. Yeah, and uh, Adams is so huge. His guitar looks like a little ukulele. That's how big he is. So um, it's good to see. Yeah, but all the Spurs uh, seemingly doing all right, um, from Mills to Rudy Gay to Modern Ginobili. Obviously, Tim Duncan is doing very well with his now his induction into the Hall of Fame uh, in a minute. Um, so everybody in Spurs world is doing great. Again, no news regarding the season will continue. Again, Ty, I'm pretty sure you're well aware of Um ESPN Brian Windhorst is saying uh, that the season looks bleak for it to resume. And at this rate, that I can guess from my speculation is that some game, I think yeah. a few, I think some regular season games are going to be canceled. Uh, how long this could possibly go, we don't know. But I think the NBA will at least make a return to playing with no with no fans or anything like that, and they might even restrict travel to a neutral site, maybe like that. But I would expect at least the playoffs to maybe be played, but. Again, this is the the whole situation with COVID is so different, it's so fluid, it's always changing. So we never know. But my speculation is the playoffs will at least be played. But that's also a long shot with some of these scenarios and some of the some of the scenario the future scenarios that could possibly play out. You can follow me at Ty Yaker Radio. That's Ty J A G E R Radio. It's a whole lot of Politics currently and pop culture. So if you want, if you want any of those, you can go follow me there. Um, again, quarantine life sucks. So and now I'm feeling it like just like the, all the rest of you. And I hope you know, the next time we talk here in Lockdown Spurs, I would have said, "Ty, I finally saw Tiger King," and then we can have a really good discussion about it. Please, I, I, I need I need to talk about <laughs> it. It's way too much. Once you watch it, once you watch it, I'm going to be expecting a message from you t- telling me of how. Nothing crazy it is. <laughs> All right, we'll stand by for that message. But until then, for Ty Yeager, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lock on Spurs. Oh, yeah.